0: ( governors) Wonderful grace of Jesus Greater than all my sin How shall my tongue describe it Where shall his praise begin Taking away my burden Setting my spirit free for the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. Wonderful the Master's grace My of master's Jesus. Jesus. Page than one who rescues oh, me. Page
1: 22, one scarlet. Thirty-one, one and 22. We're gonna be real slow. And in 20 minutes, we're still
0: gonna be listening to the cathedral. Singing, <laughs>
1: lip singing. The name of
0: Jesus, praise His name.
1: Uh, I, I, I told the choir we were going to be real slow because I love the cathedrals. We were just listening to them for 20 minutes. Amen. You pray for the choir this morning as we sing it.
2: While walking down a memory lane Oh, not so long ago Satan came right by my side, making me feel low. He brought up thoughts of hurt and pain when I had gone astray. He wanted to discourage me as I walked along my way. He said, you're undeserving, cause I know where you've been. I have a record of your life when you were bound by sin darkest secrets that you would never tell what makes you think you don't deserve a place with me in hell i heard the old accuser and this was my reply you're right for all the things i've done i sure deserve to die my righteousness is filthy rags my goodness is unclean there's only one thing I can say to what you've said to me, it's under the blood of oh, praises, dear name. I'm not what I used to be, my life has been changed, I'm not shackled by sin and shame. It's already gone. I'm happy, reminded. born again, he washed my stained and sinful past and put new life within. No longer do I bear the mark that sin had brought my way with happiness and peace of mind. Praise God, I now can say it's under the blood of oh, Christ's dear name. I'm not what I am. go by sin and shame, it's already gone.
1: Blood this morning. Amen. Grab your hymnbooks. Let's stand together. Brother Kenna, come lead us. Let's sing, sing, sing this morning. Brother Kenna. Amen. Page 183 in your Blue Songbook, Oh, How I Love Jesus. We'll
3: do the first, second, and last verse this morning. Hymn number 183.
0: There is a name.
1: Thank you for coming out on this Sunday morning. Uh, we had lots of prayer requests during the Sunday school, but let me give you just two quickly this morning. Uh, please pray for Brother Hartsock's brother, who is also a uh, father, uh, who is also Shirley Price's brother. Uh, please pray for him, if you would. We'd put that out on our call system. Uh, I have a co-worker uh, that I work with, Sabrina Tatum. Her son was in a bad car accident this morning. Mm-hmm. I'd sure appreciate you praying for that. He's in San Diego. His name is Dorian. Uh, please lift that one up in prayer, if you would. Miss Connie, good to see you, dear. Yeah, Amen. Yeah. Back over here in your place we're glad you're here amen absolutely and then we'd also put out about uh miss marcia's mother marquita who had a stroke over the weekend you pray for that if you would son take us to the throne of grace we need the presence of the lord this morning amen let's pray for his presence
4: james pray for us buddy father we thank you for allowing us to be here and father we never do take it for granted that you allowed us to be here to worship you Father, we thank you for providing us not only, God, this facility, but a reason for being here. Father, we thank you for sending your son. And, Lord, we know that uh, you sending your son was not an afterthought. It was not plan B. Father, we thank you for making us your peculiar people. Father, we thank you for granting us this body to worship you in. Father, we do pray that for the next few minutes that we would focus upon you. Father, we pray that your spirit would come and help us, Lord, to worship you, because without him we are not able to do so. Father, we pray that your son would just be lifted up and made much of. Father, we pray for the singing, and most importantly, God, we also pray for the preaching of the word to come. Father, we pray that it would go forth in power as you promised it would. And, Father, most importantly, we pray that if someone here has not bowed the knee to Christ, we pray that you would bring them to yourself. Father, we love you, and we can never thank you enough. And it's through your son we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Listen to the words of this song. I love to hear
1: Matthew sing and I'm glad that when we need him most, he rescues us. You listen, He'll sing it, buddy. do one more for you this morning. I hadn't done this song in a while, but I was singing it all week long. I am so glad this morning that when you don't know where to go, there's a one scarred hand who's got the answer. You listen to our choir this morning. I hope it blesses your heart. This is this morning that the hand that hung the universe in place still knows where you are, still knows the burdens that you face. He's never one time walked away from you. I'm glad he's not too busy taking care of this old messy world to take care of us. Amen. You sit for one more? Y'all all right. <clears throat> this goes along with my message this morning, so we're going to sing it. I am so glad as I look back over the record of my life, there is one thing that resonates over and over. God's been good. I don't know where you are this morning or what you're facing, but there's one thing I can tell you if you're a child of God, God's been good you're here this morning and you've never been saved, I can still tell you God's been good because he's given you one more chance. You pray for our choir this morning. I promise we are still Baptist. Amen. I had a buddy of mine come to church here one time. We had one of those services where it just got on. And he called me the next day and he said, Preacher, you sure y'all are Baptist and not (laughs) Baptocostal? Amen. Uh, But thank you so much for obeying the Lord. I appreciate it this morning. I got several announcements I need to run by with you to make sure you're aware. Uh, Don't forget, if you would, next Sunday morning. Uh, This is a highlight of the year for us, something that I take really, really seriously. I appreciate the church supporting us in this. It's important to me, and I think it's important to our community. We call it Civil Servant Sunday. It's our opportunity to recognize not only our local police officers, but their families. And so I want you to be here. I want you to support it. Uh, We will not do Sunday school next Sunday morning. We'll be setting up, getting things ready downstairs. Two things I want to call to everyone's attention. Folks, we need desserts for next Sunday. Please bring desserts. We've got everything else taken care of. Yes, everything else is taken care of, just desserts. So please help us with that. And then this coming Friday at 6 o'clock we'll be meeting to set up downstairs. So if you would help us with that, if you've got some time available, the more we got, the less time it takes for everybody. So if you'd please help us, we would certainly appreciate that. Again, this Friday, 6 o'clock, no Sunday school, and we're looking forward to a great, great time next Sunday as we honor those local heroes in our community. Next Sunday is also the day to Please bring your Operation Christmas Child. Uh, Please bring that stuff. Uh, We've got boxes here. There's a bunch of boxes in the teen room as well, or the former teen room. It's now the ladies' Sunday school class. Uh, So please help us out with that. Please, please, please have those brought in. A couple of folks have asked me about uh, the uh, shipping costs. If you can afford the $11 shipping and you want to include that in there, that would be fantastic. We would appreciate that. Yes, Pam? $9. $9. I've been saying $11. $9, excuse me. If you can afford that, that would be fantastic. We would appreciate it. Uh, if not, if you cannot afford that, pack the box anyway, and we'll take care of those shipping costs with the things we've been doing all year. But if you can help us with that, that would be much appreciated. This coming Saturday, all the ladies and the men and the kids that want to help, we'll be having an Operation Christmas Child shoebox packing party. If you've been with us for a while, you know that every July we do Christmas in July. We bring in those goods all year long. Then we pack them up this coming Saturday to make those part of our goal that we're sending out hopefully 219 boxes but if we send out 119 it'll be good yes sir brother Scott yes thank you brother Scott if you are if you are writing a check for the shipping don't make it out to operation Christmas child make it out to the church we pay one check uh, for all of those to be sent out thank you Scott for uh, remembering that. Then also a new announcement over here uh, on in this ve- it's just this vestibule right over here in this vestibule uh, you will see a Christmas tree. Uh, we are partnering this year with Pete. I'm so glad to do this. We are partnering with Piedmont Community Services uh, uh, in our community. You know uh, the services that they provide uh, for operate uh, Excuse me for Angel Tree. Most of you are familiar with it. Uh, they select the families, and we are glad to help out. We have 42 angels out there. Uh, I want to walk you through this process so that you'll know what you're doing and make sure that. This This is done correctly on the tree you will see the angels on there there are two tags the tag will tell you the child's name gender and age so you take one of those tags put it in the basket that is out there beside the tree that lets us know that that name has been claimed and we don't have to get anybody else for that and then you bring in your wrapped gift by December the 8th and the second tag you put on the gift leave one tag there Bring the wrapped gift in by December 8th. Put it under the tree with that tag, the second tag attached to it. I think all of us understand the importance of this this time of the year. Most of us get far more than what we could ever use at Christmas. So let's uh, do a little something to help those in our community, especially the kids who don't have it. Uh, I'm thrilled that we're able to partner with Piedmont Community Services to bring this happen. Thank you, Miss Sarah, for making this to our attention. And we will do this on an annual event uh, uh, so that we can help those in our community. Practice today. For the Christmas drama, 2.30. Uh, Please keep that in mind if you would. And then I've got the holiday calendar uh, in the bulletin for you. I'm not going to go through all of those, but I encourage you to uh, keep that uh, uh, on your fridge or something like that so you're aware of our special services this year. A lot's going on during the holiday season. And then finally, if you are not part of our call system, there's not too many weeks that go by that I don't put out one or two messages, uh, special requests, uh, homegoing things like that information. If you are not part of that call system and you would like to be, you don't have to be a member of the church in order to be part of the call system. But if you'd like to get that information, we attempt to put it out on social media. But if you want a phone call and or a text message, uh, put your name and phone number here, drop it in the offering plate, and we will add you to that list. One other announcement uh, that is not in your bulletin that I am so excited by, uh, Miss Billy and Brother Bobby are already planning next year's Senior Saints trips. And uh, in uh, the month of May, uh, on May the 20th through May 23rd, m- uh, Wednesday through Saturday, uh, we, notice I said we because I'm going to this one. I'm, so, I'm, I'm taking vacation, Dr. Godwin, uh, because uh, we're going up to uh, Sight and Sound to see Queen Esther. Brand new production that they're putting out. Uh, uh, Miss Billy is going to meet with all the interested senior saints right after church today. Uh, the seventy-dollar non-refundable deposit is due by December 11th in order for us to guarantee that trip. I'll have all of this in the bulletin. But that in cost includes three nights hotel. $325 a person. $70 doesn't get you this. $325 a person, the $70 non-refundable deposit, three nights hotel, breakfast, lunch at Bird and Hand restaurant, dinner at Katie's Kitchen, tickets to the sight and sound, and turkey and, and ticket to the Turkey Hill ice cream experience. Amen. Woo whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's the spiritual part of the journey. Amen. <laughs> So we want to make sure that you're aware of that. I'll have all of that in the bulletin. Miss Billy's going to meet with anybody who might be interested right over here on this side after services today, so please keep that in mind if you would. That is occurring in the month of May, uh, May the 20th through the 23rd, brand new production. I think you'll absolutely love it. All right, all the youngsters uh, heading to Children's Church, uh, Junior Church, come on this morning, make your way down. Church, come on this morning. I keep saying I'm going to let these little ones collect the regular Sunday offering because y'all can't see it from my perspective, but there are some of them who will stop beside the pew, and they're not moving till you give them something. I'm just telling you. Ushers, take note. Amen. (laughs) Fellas, come on down this morning. Now, Miss Betty, you come get ready to sing for us. Thank you for your kindness uh, this morning towards those kids. Uh, I I said the other Wednesday night there was a kid who was cutting up during preaching, and somebody said, Preacher, doesn't that bother you? No, I get real upset when I don't hear kids in church. I love hearing them, so I appreciate your kindness towards them this morning. We're going to pray and ask God's blessings upon this offering today. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. That name that's above every name, the name at who one day everybody's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that he's Lord of lords and King of kings. Lord, thank you for a church that's not afraid to worship the Lord. Lord, I pray your blessings upon the offering. Bless Sister Canote as she sings. Touch her, Lord. Use her today. Bless our preaching time to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing.
5: With all the talk about Christmas, let me give you something new to think about. What does it really mean to you? not just about the angels who sang for him that day not all about the shepherds or the bright and shining star not all about the wise men who traveled from afar it's about the cross about so that we can be born Born again. again. It's about the stone stone, stone that was rolled away, away, so that you and and I could have real life someday.
6: someday,
5: It's about the clone. The beginning of the story is wonderful and great, but it's the ending. Save you, and that's why we celebrate about about the cross. cross. From, from him it should have been, been me. It's, been about me. it's about the snow that was rolled, rolled away, away. So that you and I could have real life someday. someday. So that you and I could have real life someday. someday. It's about the
1: About the cross.
3: Ooh. Ooh. Good job, young lady. Wonderful, ma'am. Amen. Hey, wonderful song this morning. Hymn number 203. Let's stand as we have our fellowship song, The Windows of Heaven. We'll do hymn number 203 one time through, page 203.
1: more quick announcements now, uh, just to bring to your attention. Two, two more quick things. First of all, don't forget that uh, next Sunday, help me out with this now, with Civil Servant Sunday, the parking area that fa- out front that faces the road. Uh, we got two areas, one that faces the church, one that faces the road. The parking area that faces the road, we're reserving that for our police officers and their families. So if Brother Daryl asks you not to park there next Sunday, please don't throw anything at him. He's doing what I ask him to do, uh, and don't get upset with him. Uh, And don't be ugly. Amen. My mom used to say that. Don't be ugly. Don't tell me. She'd say, Be smart, Greg. Don't be ugly. And then, uh, secondly, if uh, any of the men that can help us during our Christmas drama uh, with parking, you know, we pack the place out typically. And so, if you can help us with that, please see Brother Daryl. We ask you to be here an hour before. So, that means on Friday and Saturday night, six o'clock. Sunday at 5 o'clock, and if you can have one night, both nights, whatever, or all three nights, whatever you can do would be much appreciated. Please turn to Job this morning, first chapter of the book of Job. While you're turning, I'll share this with you just to put a smile on your face. Of course, Brother Doug uh, Clark just recently got out of the hospital, uh, and uh, you continue to lift him up in prayer. I was in D.C. for the college when I found out he was in the hospital. So I called him the next day and checked on him how he was doing, and he said, "Preacher, I'm doing great." And I said, "You are." He said, "Debbie knows this already." He said, "Yeah, preacher, I got the prettiest little nurse taking care of me." <laughs> yeah, man, I love it. Job chapter number one. In fact, I was on the phone with him, and she walked in, and <laughs> he said. <laughs> He said, ma'am, I'm talking to my preacher. You want to talk to him? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Job chapter number one. You know, you know you're in a good church when you walk in and they got a couch up on the front of the pulpit area. I say, in, I say all the time, if you can sleep in this church, you need a nap. So just come on up here and do it right now. <laughs> Job chapter number one this morning. I, I, I'm going to ask you to indulge me because I want to read the whole chapter. That's a lot of verses. I'm never going to apologize for reading the Bible, but I want to read. So I'll read a little quickly. You follow along. I'll read fast and you listen fast. Job chapter one found your place. Amen. There was a man in the land of Uz. His name was Job. The man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. There was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 5,000 yoke of oxen, 500 politicians, and a very... That's not what that says, is it? Amen. <laughs> Some of y'all will get that in a minute. 500 she-asses, very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. His sons went and feasted in their houses. Every one his day sent and called... To For their three sisters to eat and drink with them. It was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them. Rose up early in the mornings, offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan... Among them, the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Satan answered the Lord and said, From coming to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. The Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for naught? The word naught there means nothing. Satan looks at God and says, does Job fear the Lord for nothing? Hast not thou made a hedge about him? I'll pause a moment and say that when we Baptists and others say, pray a hedge of protection, that's a biblical prayer. It comes right from the book of Job. Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands. His substance is increased in the land. Put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. There was a day... When his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. The Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While I was yet speaking, there came another also and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only... I'm escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, fell upon the camels and carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, if you write in your Bibles, I'd star verse 18. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons, thy daughters were eating and drinking, wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And now verse 20. Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground, And worshipped. That's an astounding statement to me. And said, the first time we hear him speak, here's what he says. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. You've promised us that God, when it goes out, it will not return void. We're going to take you at your word this morning. Lord, it's already been so good to be in your house. God, I say all the time, thankful for a church. It's not afraid just to rear back and worship God. Lord, we come now to the part of the hour that's so important. Not because I'm doing it, but because you ordained the foolishness of preaching. So, Lord, I pray that you take the outline that I know you've laid up on my heart today. Use it to be a blessing to your people. Lord, draw them closer to you today. Lord, all of us have tendencies to walk away from you at different times. So, it's my prayer that this message, this moment, this hour would pull us back closer to you. And then, God, as we've already said so importantly, if there's anybody here today that's not sure that heaven's their home, may this be that hour. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I stand here before you today, and I'm going to make a very simple statement. I believe that in 21st century America, gratitude is a forgotten art even among church members we pause on the final third or the fourth thursday of every month for a holiday that was deemed to be declared in 20th century america as called thanksgiving a uniquely american holiday we pause a moment typically on sunday before thanksgiving preachers all over the country will talk about the importance of thankfulness and gratitude, But you hear me this morning, gratitude's not a November message. Gratitude is a 24-7, 365 way of life. And it is something that we have forgotten. Can I give it to you another way? I hope you'll amen me. In 21st century America, we're spoiled. We're spoiled. And we take for granted so much of what we have this morning. I'm astounded by the attitude of Job. Typically, when you hear people talk about Job, you hear about the patience of Job. That's really a misnomer. Job very openly questioned God. He didn't understand why this is happening. He made it very public that it didn't make sense to him by the end of it. In fact, even a couple of times he chastised God. He looked heavenward and said, this is not right. This is not fair. God looked at Job and said, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? By the time it was all said and done, Job had come full circle. He realized that God was on the throne and he knew what he was doing. Now, lest we throw shade at Job, I don't know how many of us could have gone through what Job went through and did what Job did at the end of chapter number one. It is that element of Job's character that I want to focus on this morning. It is that element when everything goes wrong, when things seem to be upended, uh, when things don't go the way we expect, when everything seems to be falling apart, that we still recognize, uh, to quote a wonderful wisdom song that is the title of my message, Even in the valley, God's good. Boy, how easy it is to lift up hands when we're on the mountain. How easy it is to praise God when the bills are paid and the babies aren't sick and the marriage is strong and the job is good and the church is great. Uh, How easy it is to stand and sing, oh, how I love Jesus. Uh, But you hear me this morning uh, when the job is not good uh, and the marriage is on the rocks and the babies are sick and you don't know where the next meal is coming from uh, and your bills are not paid and there's too much month at the end of the money, God is still good. Why? Because even in the valley, God is good. Three things that I want us to look at with regards to Job this morning. Number one, please note with me, abundant Job. Abundant Job. The first few verses of Job make it very clear that because of the goodness of God, because of the blessings of God, Job had experienced personal abundance. If you would, please look at verse number two. We've already read it. I won't read all of these verses, but there are a few that I want to highlight with you. Look at verse number two. There were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. You can add that up. How many kids did Job have? Ten. Good golly, Miss Molly. Lord Jesus, help him is all I can say. I I, I jokingly tell my daughter all the time, if she'd have been first, by golly, she'd have been only. Amen. Amen. She came out dramatic from the womb, and for the next 20 years, she's proven it to be true. Her kindergarten teacher, I was teaching third She's not in here, so I can say anything I want to now. Neither is her husband. Amen. Y'all don't tell her I said any of this. So, uh, so uh, when she was in, I was teaching third grade when she was in kindergarten. Uh, 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 my son and my daughter both had the same teacher. Two different times they came down to see me. My, uh, when my son was in kindergarten, uh, the teacher came down, knocked on my door during her break and said, I need to tell you something in case this gets back to you. I looked at her and said, oh, no, what did Renee son do? (laughs) She said, we were in centers today. We were playing. There was a kid who was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing. And your son looked at him and said, if my daddy saw you do that, he would knock you into next week. (laughs) You know, third graders can't say that. We can't say that as teachers. Uh, We can say that as parents. (laughs) My son had heard me say that too many times, so he took that to heart. I looked at him, and I looked at her, and I said, I have no idea where he heard that from. (laughs) Fast forward a year later. I get another knock about the same time of year, six weeks in. It's my daughter's kindergarten teacher. She's on her break She said, I want you to know that I have renamed your daughter. I said, excuse me? She said, you call her Lydia. I call her little BD. I said, what does that mean? She looked at me and she said, little Betty Davis, because she thinks she's the queen. (laughs) Amen. I looked at her and said, she gets it honestly. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Job, by all accounts, experienced personal abundance. Seven sons, three daughters, ten children, the number of completion and perfection in the Bible. In that day, uh, the number of children were an indicator of the blessings of God. And by all accounts, Job was a blessed man. Job had a wife that he loved and loved him. He had children who were serving God. Everything about Job's life looked to be one of great blessing. Can I pause just a moment in that and say, and I hope you'll amen me, that for many of us, our family is a source of blessing. If you haven't thanked God recently uh, for anything, you ought to thank Him for the spouse, uh, for the children, uh, for the grandchildren, uh, for the parents, for the heritage. Even if you didn't have a perfect upbringing, uh, you ought to thank God uh, that you have a family that loves you and that you love. If you're like me, uh, your family is a blessing. I didn't say they's perfect. I didn't say they're sinless. Uh, I didn't say sometimes they ain't stupid. But I love them. And they love me. And when we're together uh, with family, extended family, personal relations, uh, we celebrate the fact that we are blessed beyond measure. We got a family that loves us. Personal abundance. Then not only was Job blessed uh, personally, Job had also financial abundance. You go and you read verse number 3 makes it very clear that in addition to the children, his substance was also 7,000 sheep 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-houses. The scripture even describes it as a very great household. Now, because we deal in currency today, that kind of escapes us when we talk about how many camels, she-oxes, all of that stuff. Uh, By modern day accounting, uh, you would look at Job and you'd say he's got a beautiful home. Uh, He's a millionaire. Uh, He's got everything he could possibly imagine. He was financially blessed beyond measure. It's not going to sit well with some folks this morning. Uh, certainly doesn't sit well with 21st century ideology. But you look at me. We are also blessed beyond measure. I say to you this morning, you've heard me say a thousand times, the poorest among us is wealthier than 98% of the rest of the world. Uh, Even here in our little neck of the woods, uh, we are blessed beyond measure. Uh, How many have a home to live in? How many of you got clothes to wear? Uh, How many got food in your cupboard and in your refrigerator? Uh, You're not hungry today. Uh, You don't wonder what you're going to eat if you're like me. You open up the cupboard. You got too much to do. Uh, You got too much stuff in there. Uh, You can't think of what to cook, so you go to Clarence and say you ain't got to cook. Amen. We are blessed beyond measure, financially. We're blessed personally, but then number three this morning, and this is where I want to park a few minutes. Not only are you blessed financially and personally, but you're blessed spiritually, as well. There's a lot of verses we could read here, but I'll call out two of them. Verse number one says, "A man in the land of us." Name was Job, man that was perfect and upright. That doesn't mean he was sinless. It means he kept a short account with God. One that feared God eschewed evil. Verse number 5 gives us a glimpse into Job's personal life. It was so when the days of their feasting was gone about that Job sent and sanctified them. Who's the them? His children that are mentioned in verse number 4. And rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. In other words, Job as the priest of the family, as the father of the family, recognized that it was hit. you hear me fellas, recognized it as his responsibility to serve As the mediator between his family and God uh, It was his responsibility as the man to say As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord Uh, And so in that hour, uh, in that day He not only sacrificed for himself But for all of his children In case they did something wrong uh, He wanted to keep a short account with God Job and his whole family Was blessed spiritually I want to park here for just a moment so glad the Lord showed up this morning yet one more time because this is the part of the message that candidly keeps me up at night. This is the part where I pause a moment and beg every single person under the sound of my voice, please don't take what we have here for granted. You don't take, you know, I don't want you to take your family for granted, I don't want you to take your financial blessings for granted, but I'm gonna beg you this morning, please don't take what we have at this church. For granted If you've been in church any length of time You know what I'm about to say I'm not here trying to brag on you or me or us But you hear me This ain't the norm You don't see this in many Baptist churches. And I don't just mean the Spirit. Thank God for the Spirit. Uh, We got incredible talent in this church. Uh, We got incredible people in this church. Uh, I got an incredible team of leadership that helps me here. Uh, We got an incredible youth program. I want us teenagers Sunday school. Uh, I think we got some semi-decent preaching every once in a while. Uh, We got a leadership team that loves this church. Uh, Don't take for granted what God's done for us. Because just, amen, don't take it for granted. Because I've told you this story many times, but I like to repeat it because it always reminds me to keep myself in check. Uh, Three or four years ago, going through a little battle, felt real sorry for myself. Uh, Thought everything was falling apart. I had somebody meet me at the back door uh, and say to me, uh, you got 12 months here and God's going to be done with you at this church. That stings when you hear that. So I got on the phone to Joe, my my mentor, and I was whining and crying, expecting him to pet me a little bit. I should have known better if you've ever met Joe Arthur. He said, Preacher, I appreciate what you're going through, but I want to remind you there are preachers today begging God to give them what you're taking for granted. He's exactly right, folks. Don't take for granted what God's done for us here at this church. Abundant Job. But abundant Job quickly gave way to attacked Job. Job not only experienced financial abundance and spiritual abundance and personal abundance, but Job began to experience a supernatural attack. It's the only word I can think to call it, a supernatural attack. The attack came from all kinds of different directions. I'll focus on two of them. First of all, there was a... Personal attack. Personal attack. Verse 18 is, I think, some of the astounding statements in this. Verse 18, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking. Verse 19, rose a great man, fell upon the young men, and they are dead. Job had already experienced the loss of his home In just a few short hours, Job had experienced the loss of his servants. Job experienced the loss of his riches and his wealth. But I don't think any of that compared to the moment that the servant came and said, Job, all of your children are dead. Some of you in the room, I will tread very lightly here because some of you in the room recognize and you've walked through what I think is the hardest thing for any parent to do to bury a child. My great-grandmother, who died on her 105th birthday, buried six of her eight children. I'll never forget on her 100th birthday, her looking at me as I preached and she said, Greg, she called me Greggy, that doll, you. She's the only one. She said, Greggy, <laughs> she said, God never prepared me to bury my children. God never prepared me for that. Joe buried 10 of them. Then his wife turned on him. I hear so many preachers and songs, bad mouth. Job's wife, Job's wife lost her home, her finances, and Job's wife lost her ten babies as well. You ain't going to hear this preacher throwing shade, because I can't imagine what she was going through. If I could paraphrase her words, uh, she looked at Job and said, Job, this is too much. I can't handle this pain. Now go hear me throwing shade at her. How many you don't have to raise your hand? How many have ever walked in a moment like that where you looked heavenward and said, God, I don't know what to do. The pain is too real. I don't know how to get up tomorrow. I don't know how to take another step forward. I don't know what to do. Job was there. Mrs. Job was there. And in a moment... The world turned upside down. Everything changed. I'm interested in the fact that Job's family was attacked. Not only was there a personal attack, but there was also a spiritual attack. I'm astounded by this statement that we just read in a few moments. We won't read them again for the sake of time. But Satan is in the presence. Listen to what I'm about to say. Satan is in the presence of God bad-mouthing Job. Satan is in the presence of God talking trash about Job. Listen, God bragged on Job. Can I pause a moment and say, I want to be the kind of Christian that God says, look at that child of mine. I don't want to be the kind that embarrasses him. We had enough of that in Christian circles. We've had enough of that in spiritual leadership. I'm not chastising. I'm just being real. We had enough of that. I want to be the kind of preacher. I want to be the kind of person. I want to be the kind of child uh, that God says, that one's mine. That one's living right the best of his ability. And Satan looks at God and says, you're blessing him for nothing. Let me have him. There's a lot of commentary written about why God says yes. That makes sense to me, except for one little thing I'll share in a minute. Why does God say, all right, you can have him? It gets at the same question, I think, that sometimes I sit in my office. And I listen to people as they bear their heart and their soul and tears streaming down their face. Every once in a while, somebody says, Preacher, I don't understand why I'm going through this. Can I pause a moment and say, you've heard me say it before, but i got to get it out. I grew up all of my life listening to preachers say it's a sin to question God. But you know what I discovered? When Jesus was hanging on the cross, would you say amen that Jesus was perfect and sinless? Never sinned, otherwise he couldn't be the spotless, pure Lamb of God. If he ever did anything wrong, he couldn't be the Savior. But hanging on the cross, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He didn't say, God, this is wrong. He didn't say, God, I shouldn't be going through this. But he said, God, help me understand this. There's no sin, shame, or sorrow in that church. To look upward and say, God, I need help with this. Can't figure this out on my own. But I think that God let Satan do this to Job so that we would drink from the well that Job was about to dig. How many people now have been blessed because of this poetic book of Job. How many thousands upon millions of people opened up the word of God and experience what Job went through and thought, Man, we can make it one more day. By the way, the same is true of my life and your life. There was personal attack. There was spiritual attack. There was financial attack. Job, in the course of one day, hear me, goes from being a millionaire... To a pauper One day This ain't a stock market crash This is in one day He lost his house He lost his wealth He lost his children And you keep reading He's about to lose his health There's nothing left What would we do So I'll give you the third point this morning. Because we go from abundant Job, attack Job, to what I'm going to call, hear me, advertising Job. Job shows everybody in the building how we react to what we experience. Two things and we'll be done. I want you to notice how Job exhibited gratitude. First of all, in his conduct, please go to verse number 20. I alluded to this when I was initially reading the scripture, but I am absolutely astounded by this. Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head. That's typical. That's typical. That means he's gone into mourning. That lets everybody know that he's in mourning, that tragedy has stricken. Much like we often will wear dark colors to a funeral, to let everybody know to, as a symbol of mourning, Job did the same thing uh, customary of the day and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And Worshipped. I don't know about you, but that staggers my mind. <clears throat> don't throw your Bible at me. I'm not real sure I could have done the same. Not real sure I could have reacted the same. Let me ask you a question. Do, Do you think Job was hurt? Do you think Job was sad? Is it possible Job might have even been confused? Is it even possible Job might have been angry? I think the tendency of many of us Is when that happens, Uh, we we run from God, we run from Christian comfort, Uh, we run from church. Uh, But Job gave us the perfect example. Uh, The deeper the valley, the more we need the God of the valley. Uh, The deeper the hurt, the more we need the God of the hurt. The deeper the storm, the more we need the God of the storm. Uh, So in the middle of his darkest, darkest moment, Job worshiped. He goes into mourning, but he worshiped. Because not only did he show gratitude in his character, he also shows gratitude in his conversation. I'm done with this. In chapter 1, Job utters one statement. One statement. I'm going to paraphrase it. Naked I was when I was born. didn't have anything when I came into this world. Might not have anything when I leave this world. God giveth. God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job was spiritual enough to say, all this stuff I lost, God gave me to begin with. Wasn't my house and my children and my stuff. This was God's. God gave it to me. And if God decides he's going to take it away, he's still God. And he's good. He's good. I'm astounded when you continue reading the book of Job about the three and then the fourth friend. Boy, they really give Job fits. They tell him all kinds of trash. Friends like that, you don't need enemies. They tell him this is all his fault. Uh, they tell him that he sinned. Uh, one of them says he doesn't know God. Uh, one of them says all kinds of garbage against him. And finally Job says, get out, I've had enough. Amen. Amen. Job ends up in an ash heap covered in boils, scraping his body to get a little bit of, Relief, And never once does he curse God. He questions God. He has a dialogue with God. God had to set him in his place a time or two. I'm done. 33 chapters later, everything God gave, everything God took, he gives back. And then some. Job says, I've come forth like gold. He looks over into the vat, and he sees his image. Close your Bibles. So I go back now and close with a simple statement. Why did God say yes to this? Why does he say yes to what we go through? I think the answer is found in the image that Job uses. Some of you have heard me talk about it. You dig up gold out of the ground, it's horribly impure. How many of you ever watched that TLC show about gold diggers? Come on, rednecks, raise your hand. Come on. Don't be ashamed. Amen. You know when it's dug up, it's really trash. It it doesn't become gold until it's purified. It's not even valuable in its raw state. It's got to be purified. And the only way to purify it, you know, is to heat it, put it under the fire, and heat it, and heat it, and the dross rises to the top. The master goldsmith takes that ladle, scoops it out, And it's 99.99% pure when the goldsmith can see his image. Maybe what God was doing to Job was refining him. So that God could see his image in Job's life. Let's stand to our feet this morning. You've been so attentive. So kind and. I appreciate it. We're not going to have a lengthy invitation. I'm going to ask you two simple, simple questions. I know a lot of you have already come to the altar this morning. But I want to ask you, with every head bowed, nobody's looking, please. Is there anybody here this morning that would say, preacher, this one was for me, me or my family. We're experiencing something we just can't make sense of. Pray for us this morning. My goodness, I'm seeing some hands go up. An awful lot of them. Even if you've come already this morning to pray, won't you step out right now? Make your way down to this altar. Come on. Folks are moving from all over. Come on. Folks will step out of the way for you. Come on, come on, come on. Won't you come pray this morning? God, help us make sense of it. Help us to come forth like gold. Help us to be refined in this fire. Come on this morning. I got to ask a second question Is there anybody here that would just be honest and say, Preacher? not even sure heaven is my home. If I died today, I'm not sure heaven is where I'd go. Please pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to pray for you. Anybody like that this morning? Preacher, I need to be saved. Heaven's not my home. Father, bless this invitation. Use it now to further your kingdom. In Christ's name, sing one verse, Brother Ken. de Services tonight. First Thessalonians 5:18, Paul writes, "In everything, give thanks unto God, for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you." Wow! Everything, brother. Can misses us in prayer.
3: Heavenly Father, God, more thankful, Lord, for this message you sent through our pastor this morning. Father, you sure have been good to us, Lord. Father, we can't tell you enough and Father, thank you enough for all that you've done for us. Father, I know you touched hearts today and Father, we thank you for your presence here and how you moved amongst us, Lord, and stirred us up today and God, just to remind us how good you've been to us. Father, we just want to say we love you this morning. Amen. Father, I pray, God, you'd bless your people for being here. God, uh, give us a good trauma practice this afternoon. Father, help us to get everything the way it needs to be, Amen. Father, so your name can be high and lifted up. And Father, we can see sinners come to know Christ as Savior. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for being so good to us. Thank you for loving
1: us. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Senior Saints interested in next year's trip, meet right over here, please.